Uh, we have been going through the book of 1 Corinthians, and uh, we covered a very difficult passage last week that I didn't enjoy at all. Uh, it was head coverings and uh, some weird things that I just wasn't interested in teaching, but I, I worked through it, and I was happy to do it. And that's the benefit of going through the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, because most ministers, if they were doing topical, they would stay away from that passage. But the Bible says that we're to teach the whole counsel of God's word. And I think we all are richer for having gone through the passage and, and smarter and wiser, I hope. Um, so we went through that. And now we're coming to uh, verse 17. And uh, this is 1 Corinthians 11, verse 17. And it's dealing with the conduct of the Lord's Supper. Now, uh, before I get into the conduct of the Lord's Supper, and by the way, we're going to go through this tonight. And then uh, the following week, uh, Wednesday of the following week, we're going to be in chapter 12, which will be dealing with the gifts of the Spirit. Um, had a, a, a nice uh, gathering with my, my brother Peter there, and we were talking about wanting to wait on the Lord for the gifts of the Spirit and things of that sort. And Calvary Chapel believes that the gifts are for today, but we don't exercise them in some regards. Uh, we have afterglows. Um, you don't hear people speaking in tongues or prayer languages or uh, and one of the pictures we have is that when the word's being taught, that's the gift of teaching. And uh, it's not like the Lord to interrupt himself. But in the same regard, I, I also think, too, that there's a place for waiting on the Lord and seeing gifts manifested. And, uh, but um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not one to uh, dismiss the gifts. I'm excited about them. But we'll talk about those as we get to chapter 12. But tonight we're going to take a look at an event that's occurring at this church in Corinth. Now, Paul is answering their questions. They've been uh, sending him correspondence while he's in prison in Ephesus, and he's going down each of them. And one of them is they were talking about the Lord's Supper, that uh, it's getting kind of crazy, and Paul's going to address it. He addressed the head coverings of the women. He addressed, uh, you know, the whole idea of, of, of order within the family and, and how that's to operate, and this idea of submission, submitting to one another in the fear of God, and then going through that picture. And he lays this out, that the church was just dysfunctional. They put the fun in dysfunction. And it's so bad, this church is, is so warped that their, their communion service. So let's just say that we have the communion table up here, and had I been smart, I probably would have taken communion tonight, but we, we all did it on, on Friday. We usually do the first Sunday of the month. Um, and, and, and if the communion's up here and we have a communion service, all of you guys just go nuts, uh, and, and really for communion, all we provide is we have a gluten-free uh, cracker, which is, in my estimation, kind of hard to get through. That was funny. <laughs> and, and the cup, which helps kind of wash it down. Uh, and that's what we provide for the communion. Well, at the church at Corinth, they had a huge meal. I was talking to Pastor uh, Craig, and he was saying that it would be nice on Wednesday nights to provide a meal for those who would come. And I thought, that's, that's really a cool idea. We'll, we'll do some sort of a meal, breaking bread together. And it's very similar to what the Church of Corinth did. And they'd have this gathering, and they'd have a meal before the service or before the teaching. Um, and, and in the midst of it, it was, they were the rudest human beings on the face of the earth. They were gluttonous. And... And they're writing Paul and saying, how do you do communion? Because when we do this meal, it is obnoxious the way people treat one another. Um, I'm not going to say any names, but it's interesting that one time we were, we, we were limited in our food. And we were doing a, uh, an event for uh, the congregation. First person in line, you know, we were limited. And they made this Mount Vesuvius Tower and just walked off with this hoard of food. 
And we're looking going, okay, we got to start handing out portions from here on out. Um, and and it's, we thought we'd be out of food in the big barbecue, but we started doing portions and people, you know, got their fill and, and we had so much left over. But if you just leave it and you say, hey, go get it. Everyone's like, mmm, and they just, the Christian aside, it's, you know, it's the last helicopter out of Vietnam. We got to get this food kind of thing. Well, this is what was happening at Corinth. And so we'll pick up at verse 17. But before we do that, let me pray, which I should have done earlier. Lord, we ask your blessing on the study of your word as we undertake the examination of your word, which is living and breathing. And Lord, we ask that you cause us to come alive to it as we already recognize that it is alive. And so we thank you, Lord, for ministering to us this night. In Jesus' name, amen. Paul says, now in giving, this is verse 17, now in giving these instructions, I do not praise you, since you come together not for better, but for worse. He's just saying, I, I, I wanted to commend you on other things. This one, you guys are absolutely pathetic. I, I added the word pathetic. For first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and in part, I believe it. For there must also be factions among you that those who are approved may be recognized among you. They would have, oh, you're standing. Okay, make them all, let's all stand. I I forgot to say that. Thank you. I'm going through kind of weird things. My bad. Recognized among you, verse 20. Therefore, when you come together in one place, is it not to eat the Lord's Supper? For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others. And one is hungry and another is drunk. Quite a deal. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. For I receive from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he also took the cup After supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And then verse 27, therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself so that so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. But if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home. Lest you come together for judgment, and the rest I will set in order when I come. So now you may be seated. Thank you. Uh, so Paul doesn't want to praise him. He's, he's irritated with them. And they come together as a church and he hears that there's divisions among them. And he says, in part, I believe it. For there must also be factions among you. So the church was divided and people were irritated. And some people uh, just said, you know, w- whether it was socioeconomic divisions or whether it was racial divisions, uh, we saw early on in the church that you had the Hellenistic Jews and, and you had uh, the, the Hebraic Jews and, and there was tension between the two of who to, whose widows to take care of first. And, 
Every time you get a group of people, they're going to divide in some capacity, whether they relate with this person or they relate with that person or that person's a, you know, a better at this or that person's better. And you, you create that. And that. We watch it in schools and and we watch it in society and that's just how it is. And Paul just says, in the church, it ought not to be this way. There's neither Greek, uh, Greek nor um, uh, Jew nor s- slave nor free man. Uh, he just says, man, woman, we're, we're one in Christ. We all come to salvation, uh, and, and the, the ground at the foot of the cross is level. And he says, uh, when you come together in one place, it's, is it not to eat the Lord's Supper? I mean, you're gathering to represent Christ and, and to recognize his body broken and his blood shed. Now, they did a meal. They did a meal. Now, we don't necessarily do a meal. You can't really get full on, uh, you know, a little wafer and, and, a, and a shot of juice. He says, therefore, when you come together... Uh, in one place, is it not to eat the Lord's Supper? For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others, and one is hungry and another is drunk. So they're taking the communion wine, and they're just downing it, and they're, they're doing the Mount Vesuvius plate, and they, they don't, and there's nobody behind me, I got what I want, and I want to get that. And I tell you, I understand people swarming a buffet line at a church, especially when Kevin Golan's barbecue is there. I get that. But they were just mowing it and, and they were pushing people out of the way and almost just saying, you don't deserve to eat it here. You couldn't afford this and, and our family brought it and you don't get any. And you had impoverished, bless you, you have impoverished and you have wealthy and, and they're, they're just making the communion a nightmare. And you know, now we've taken communion to a real sterile place, whether you're in a Catholic church and you come up and... and the priest will give you the wafer, or if, if you're not a Catholic, you do this, and he'll give you a blessing, um, and, and, and then you, you dip it, and, and you, you consume it, and so they keep it cleanly that way. Here, um, we, we have you come forward. I was at Netz's church, and they do communion every Sunday, and they give you a canister that's self-contained. You, you pull the first lid off, and there's a little wafer, and then you pull the second, and you get to take the cup, and it's all self-contained. And, and we're not having a meal where everyone's getting drunk and we're, we're rushing the buffet line. Uh, this is kind of like what it would be, I guess. And then, uh, but here, here were, these were some of the folks, they were starving. You had slaves. One, one third of the, of, of the Roman Empire were slaves. I think it was actually higher than that, come to think of it. I think it might be two thirds of the Roman Empire were slaves. They were, they were starving. These were folks that they found in, in uh, Japanese concentration camps they were in the Bataan Death March. This is some of our military personnel. It was the first bread that they had received, and you could just see them there. And you can imagine when that bread arrived, they were rushing it, right? Well, here you kind of see an orderly, and they had to take pictures of it, and they had to be... And, and really what, what Paul is saying in all of this is he's just saying, serve others first. I mean, that's, that's the whole point. Um, look at this. Uh, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And, and as I was looking at this, this institution of the Lord's Supper, Paul went away from their selfishness, and he brought them right to Christ. And, and I, I love what he did as he said, Shall I praise you in this? No, I, I shall not praise you. But then he goes right into what it is that they're supposed to be focused on. 
And quite honestly, it doesn't matter how miserable somebody is or, or how vitriolic or how selfish. If everyone comes face to face with why we're in church, it changes the whole dynamic of the church. And, and so, so Paul says, okay, we got a big issue here. You're all getting drunk and you're, you're bum rushing the, the, the buffet line. And you're, you're leaving other people out and you're hoarding food for yourself. And this is an absolute nightmare. And, and the outside world is watching. And this is one of the things that grieves me. This is one of the things that grieves me. Again, it's, it's not communion, but as a church, social media, this represents the body of Christ and, and the vitriolic language and, and the, the attacks on human beings and their character and, and, it, and, it, and, it, and as it happens in the community, it reflects on the body of Christ. And Paul is saying, this is not acceptable. The, the outside world looks in and says, what is up with these people? How can they do this? Look, we all get upset. But we're under examination. Folks are testing to see if Christianity is legitimate. And they're looking to see if, if the God that, that governs our life governs our mouth and governs our actions. Yes? And it, maybe this doesn't relate to any of you, but it relates to me. I struggle with it. There are so many times, you know, being reviled, I want to revile back. None of you have ever had that experience? Somebody hits you and you just want to hit them back? Christ was a lamb silent to the slaughter. doesn't mean you don't contend for truth. You contend for truth. You stand for truth. But you don't attack another human being's character. You don't make things up. You, you don't forward things you haven't checked to be legitimate. I, I can't tell you how many emails I get from people, and, and it just, it, they're not true. Whatever's true, whatever's lovely, what is right, dwell on these things. And the world is watching. And as, as Paul sees this, and they're, they're, they're arguing over it, Paul just, he just dismisses it with one simple statement, I don't praise you. But let me talk to you about what unifies us. And he goes right in to the communion. Verse 23, he says, For I received from the Lord that which I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. Now, what's interesting about this? He says, for I received from the Lord that which I delivered to you. Was, anyone, was Paul at John, in John 20 at the Last Supper? No, he wasn't. He's, he's not one of the original apostles. And, and we've already covered what we think the thorn in his side was. It's the fact that he wasn't recognized as an apostle. That's my idea. Well, I stole that, but it's now I own it. It's mine. That's what I meant. So when he says, I received from the Lord that which I delivered to you, the Lord gave him this communion. The, the Lord revealed it to him. I remember the first time I took communion. It's, it's almost like, gosh, Lord, I, I sensed his presence and his joy. There was something so significant about it. And really, what was there? A matzah cracker and a cup of Welch's grape juice. And what, what makes that different? I mean, if I were to come and you come over to my house, I go, hey, I'm so happy to have you here. Here's your matzah and here's your couple. <laughs> and, the, and the Lord was actually doing, um, you know, a Seder meal 
And this was part of that meal. And it was part of their eating. And so they incorporated this in the church, but they lost focus on the main element. And, and in the night that he was to be betrayed, and, and, and Paul got this because every, every Jew understands a Seder. That's why we do it every year. Pastor Marty's done it every year. We have this amazing Seder, and each of the elements speaks of Christ. And this is the longest running family meal in the history of the world. And it's a fascinating meal that reflects Christ in every aspect of the meal. And so Paul says, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. And then he reiterates exactly what happened in John 20 and the other accounts in the Gospels of this communion meal. He says that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after the supper, saying, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Uh, This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. So he just, he lays out communion right there. But he says, this is a covenant of my blood. My blood. Fascinating religion that speaks so much of blood. There's power in the blood, nothing but the blood of Jesus. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. You're singing about blood. It's, it's, it's vile. I mean, some people who see blood just faint. One of my children's like that. They see the blood. I cut my finger and it's like, go, you're near the food. And the blood, you know, you have to be very careful. You have to wear a hazmat suit when dealing with blood, especially with infected people. And there's power in this blood because this blood's efficacious. Efficacious how? To cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And what happens when you, when you cut main arteries, a femoral artery, or right here on the wrist, or up here? What happens? You die. It, it, it's your life force. It just it flows out of you, and you die. It carries oxygen to every member of your body. It's, it's, it's amazing. And, and it can be transfused. Fascinating. It, it's, it's a remarkable. It's got antibodies that it carries. It's got T cells, you know, white blood cells. It, it fights infection. It's remarkable. And he says, this is the covenant of my blood. Now, he also said... He, he said, my blood, and then he also said, my body. Um, this is my body, meaning the bread, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me, remembrance of me. As often as you eat and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Now, what I find interesting is my, my mom and dad converted to Catholicism. My sister-in-law is Catholic. Um, my sister and my brother-in-law are Catholic. Uh, I went through Catholic teaching, and I, I was a Boy Scout in a Catholic church. Um, and they have a different view. And, and this, if you're Catholic here tonight, uh, this, is, this is the one area, and this is interesting for Protestants and Catholics, this is the only area of our theology for the most part. I mean, there's other little nuances 
uh, depending on how intense you are in, in how you view Mary. Some Catholics deify her and say she's without sin. And that, that is definitely a division in the Protestant world uh, towards Catholicism. But that's not as strong now as it used to be in Catholicism. But the one area in Catholicism that is wholly different than Protestant is communion. We've managed to make communion uh, a dividing point in the body of Christ. And the struggle with Protestants towards the Catholic view of communion and the struggle with Catholics in the Protestant view of communion is very clear. Um, Catholics believe uh, that, the, that the bread and the, and the cup actually turn into the literal body and blood of Christ. Thank you. I, I can teach it too. Yeah. Transubstantiation. And, and they believe it, that the elements right there, when the, when the priest gives the blessing, it turns into the literal body and blood of Christ. Now we know that Martin Luther uh, broke away from the Catholic Church, or actually was excommunicated or dismissed from the Catholic Church. And he went through the process of struggling over transubstantiation and then Zwingli would go even further and make it symbolic. Um, uh, Martin Luther would make a concept substantiation where he'd say that, that the elements are present and Christ embodies it, but it's not the literal body and blood of Christ. And, and he, would, he would move further from that. And then Zwingli, who was just a literal interpreter of, of, of the scripture, would say it, it is, it's, it's just bread and it's just juice. And we're doing it symbolically in remembrance of Christ. And that's how Calvary chapels are today. What's fascinating is when my sister and my brother-in-law would come to church, they love the sermons and they're moved. And they've actually attended church on a communion Sunday and they won't take communion. And, and out of respect, when I go to a Catholic church and they, they clearly state, if you're not Catholic, you're not permitted to take communion. Now I've taken communion in a Catholic church where the priest didn't state that. Because I don't believe that I'm going to be separated from, but, but out of respect, I don't know, I'll, I'll be fine. I'm still part of the body of Christ, but those are your rules. I'll, I'll play by them. And I'll come up for the blessing, and, and that's how that is. And I asked my sister one time, I said, why is it that you can't take communion when we offer it to you? And she, she has studied and done her best, and so has my brother-in-law, who's far more into theology. And they say, because... You don't have the priestly blessing. It doesn't turn into the literal body and blood of Christ. And that, that priestly blessing was lost. The apostolic authority that comes from the very first pope. Who was Peter. According to Catholic tradition. That the apostolic blessing from the first pope. Which is Peter. Translated all the way down through the apostolic authority. Given to the priests. Bishops, cardinals, priests was lost when Luther left the Catholic Church. So everyone affiliated with Luther, Zwingli, Protestant Reformation, doesn't have the ability to pray over the elements and have them turn into the literal body and blood of Christ. Have you ever heard the term hocus pocus? That comes from this Latin idea that what the priest does over the elements and prays for them, all of a sudden, boom, hocus pocus. It's, it's there. 
And that's, I'm, I'm not belittling it. I'm saying this is where those terms come from. And so I don't have the authority. So I said to my brother-in-law, I said, you mean to tell me that as somebody who's committed themselves to the gospel and preaching the gospel and teaching God's word and a, and a lifelong commitment to the ministry, that when I pray, I don't have that authority, but one of the pedophile priests do? This is divisive in the body of Christ. Now, to their credit, to the Catholics' credit, the Protestant church, and, and one of the things I, I, I get a kick out of is, I always tell people this, you know why there's Protestant ministers? Because the position of Pope is already taken. We, we struggle with authority, and we struggle with unity, and, and the Catholics... Fascinatingly enough, and it was probably around the 12th century that they started to do this, they made communion like a membership card. Have you ever noticed you have Catholic politicians, senators, Congress members that are pro-abortion? And the cry from the Catholic community is, don't allow that legislator to take communion. Have you ever seen that? So they have this authority that they can, they can place on their people. Um, and they hold, a, they, they hold them in membership for life. So in one sense, I, I see it because they held this together. But in another sense, I want to show you what the very first Pope wrote. Because if we believe, if, if we believe that the 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 bread and the and the and the juice turn into the literal body and blood of Christ then what are we doing we're crucifying him again hello why why does it have to be the literal body and blood of Christ why can't it be symbolic i'll show you this This is the first pope he wrote this. For Christ also suffered. Let's try that again. For Christ also suffered. He wrote that. Once for sins. The just for the unjust. That he might bring us to God. Being put to death in the flesh. But made alive by the spirit. He suffered once. It's not a continual suffering. It's not a punishment. Or just endless. And uh. This is, this is just a simple definition for you. Transubstantiation, according to the teachings of the Roman Catholic Church, the change of substance or essence by which the bread and the wine offered in sacrifice of the sacrament of the Eucharist during the Mass become in reality the body and the blood of Christ. In reality. And I, my dad, my dad was a, a Catholic. My mom was a Catholic. And I'd sit with him and I'd go, Mom, you're a Eucharistic minister. You take communion to the shut-ins. You, you bring them Christ. You, you pray for them. You love on them. And, and as a Eucharistic minister, and you've been given this authority, and, and the elements are all set to go, honestly, honestly, does it really turn into the body and blood of Christ? Honestly? Is it literally and in reality 
the body and blood of Christ. And she would say, as my father would say, I don't get into that. I don't care what happens with the cup and the wafer. I just, I just love Jesus. Or I, I, I want to know the Lord like Father Murphy knows the Lord. Or, or I'm a Father Michael Murphy Catholic. And he was an easygoing priest. I get why they do it. They wouldn't say that. And we could have a debate on this. But suffice it to say, there's room to find unity in the body of Christ. And I'm not a Catholic basher like you'd find in a lot of churches. I, they're my brothers and sisters, and I'm, I'm blessed by them. During the Protestant Reformation, the doctrine of transubstantiation was heavily criticized and jettisoned in favor of Martin Luther's doctrine of sacramental union, which they, they gave a really poor definition. They called it consanstantiation, which it, it's, it's sacramental union, or in favor of Holdrick Zwingli uh, of the Eucharist as memorial. And I love this because look at uh, verse 24 at the end. Uh, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in what? Memorial. A memorial of me. In the same manner he also took the cup. And so as he lays all this out, he makes it very clear. And this is one more. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said what? It is finished. His last words on the cross, it is finished. And, and, and I've, I've taught this. You know that those three words in English are one word in the Greek, the original word that Jesus muttered. And he, he needed them to loosen his lips so that he, he could get this word out. Because you can't say this word when your tongue is swollen. After you've been beaten and, and, and whipped and pierced and brutalized and you're hanging on a cross and, and blood's pouring out and you're, you're dazed and... and he asks and they moisten his mouth and he, he, he utters these words. It's three in the English, but it's, it's actually his final word. And he said it. To tell us die. You don't have to do it over and over and over again. You, 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 you come to the Lord complete. You come to the Lord forgiven. You don't have to keep being forgiven. In order to be saved. You've been cleansed of all all unrighteousness. Now you do need to reconcile. You do need to repent. In order to have a testimony. But watch what he says here. Because he goes right back. To the meal. To the supper. Uh, Verse 26 he says. For as often as you eat of this bread. And drink of this cup. You proclaim the Lord's death. Till he comes. And then he picks up in verse 27. And he brings it right back to them. Brilliant what Paul did. Here is the unifying principle. And let me bring it back to your behavior, Paul says. Verse 27, therefore, understanding this, understanding his his death, burial, and resurrection, understanding what the communion's all about, therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. What does that mean? That means if you think this is sacramental and you can eat this and drink this and you're saved, you are completely wrong. You are eating this because you're saved. Because you've made a profession of faith in Christ. You're being baptized as an expression of your faith. You're taking communion as an expression of your faith. And if communion takes on the form of of drunken, you know, 
gluttony. He's just saying, whoa, time out. You don't come up here and think that you can come take communion on a Sunday and go party. And you've fulfilled the formula. Church, church isn't a membership. It's a relationship. Just because you did this doesn't mean you're in. You can do that and still not be saved. And you can do it in an unworthy manner. And you can be partying and drinking all night and not give a rip. But there's a cute girl in church you want to meet. So you're going to go to church with her and you're going to do the whole gimmick. And guess what? When you do that in an unworthy manner, you will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But the scripture says, let a man examine himself. And so let him eat the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself. And that word judgment is not under condemnation. That's this idea that, that you're not discerning, in a sense, the Lord's body. You, 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 have, you have already judged yourself that you don't care. I, I am going to play this little religious game to get whatever it is I want. And so I can get to the front of the line and get all the meal and get all the food and get all the drink. He says, for this reason, many are weak and sick among you. Why? Because you're living a lie. There's nothing more miserable than your life being an absolute charade. That this is one of the main reasons why we struggle with antidepressants and everything else. We just, we're just not honest. It is, hard, it is hard to live a duplicitous life. Isn't it? It, it just, it, it, it eats at you. And you're not, you're not transparent. And you're, you know you're playing a game. And you, you know it's a gimmick. And he says, that's why many are sick. He says, for if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. All that means is, Lord, When all the music quiets down and the party's over and no matter what they think your word says that all things are laid bare before you. God, you know all of it. You know every con I've played. You know where I haven't been honest. You know where I'm trying to present myself. I'm I'm insincere. Lord, you know that when I'm raising my hands, it's just because the cute person next to me is doing it. Or you you, you know that I'm trying to, the Bible that I'm carrying is big enough so everybody thinks. But Lord, when I'm alone with you, you and I both know this is is a con. And and the scripture says, when, when we judge ourselves, The Bible says when we're honest with God, he's merciful with us. Lord, I'm guilty. And God says, and I don't judge you. I forgive you. But if it's a game, and it's a club, and it's a gimmick, he says in verse 32, or in verse 30, 31, that's a problem. And in verse 32, he makes that to be even a bigger problem. He says, but when we are judged, 
We are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. You know what a good father does to a child that lies? Disciplines. Oh, who are you to tell me what's right and wrong? I, I was watching people screaming at the door at the Supreme Court, like scratching. And I'm looking at that going, what do you expect them to do? Oh, they're screaming. They're crying. They've yelled loud enough. They've blocked the roads. They give it to them. Give it to them. Ruin him. Just give it to him. Let's hang him. No. And the Lord is looking at us. Are we responding in like? We, those people should be. And we ought to. And, and what, what, what Paul points out here is he says, listen. Here's how the Lord's Supper works. You want an answer to it? What does it mean to you? And how does it affect your life and your testimony to the world around you? But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. Our lives are different. And how do we make them different? How do we take this and apply it? Well, Paul does it for us. And he does it just like that. Look, verse 33. Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. But if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, lest you come together for judgment, and the rest I will set in order when I come. You know what he says? He says, be polite, be civil, change the world, be kind. You may be hungry, wait till you get home to eat. Give them your plate. If they slap you, give them the other cheek. Change the world. And that's the power of communion. And when Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me, what a significant meal. In remembrance of what? Oh, when they spit on him. When they whipped him. When they sucker punched him and said, prophesy who hit you. When they sneered at him like the wolves of Bashan. When they stripped him naked and, 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 and humiliated him. When they played the king's game with a crown of thorns and the robe. And what did he do? The only time he spoke is to, de- is to declare truth and to defend truth. It is true what you say to Pilate. It is true. But he never responded to insults. He was a lamb, silent to the slaughter. We do this in remembrance of him. What does that make us? Christ did not come to be served. But to serve. I think that the communion table should create servants and give us a tremendous heart for others because we wouldn't be coming 
if we hadn't been served into the kingdom. Because what we needed was not a meal. We needed a holy Savior who would spill holy blood. And he did. And now we get to serve one another in remembrance of him.